I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison. This is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files. Today, Allison, we're going to talk about the process of writing a novel. Oh, Lord. Now, Allison, I've heard that you have written and also published at least one novel. That is correct. I have written at least one novel, published not by me, but another, you know, publishing entity. That's even better. Okay, yep. Because <laughs> uh, you know this guy, this author, just goes to Kinko's and copies his books and send, sends them out to libraries across the country. He sends them out to the women that he's written about and they go, oh, not again. Here, here's a gift for you. I've written it. I wrote it for and about you and I watch Ugh. you every night through your window. Uh, this is episode... Uh, 18, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Season 6, Milago? Milagro. Milagro. What is, what the fuck is this one about, Allison? Uh, Milagro is, uh, here's the description of it. Okay. When, when Mulder and Scully shadow a killer who leaves no clues, Scully finds herself enthralled by Mulder's prime suspect. I would not say that's accurate. <laughs> No, Allison, that's extremely accurate. I don't know how enthralled she was. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, you know what? We got pooped. The author in the X-Files episode wrote that description. Yep. No, that makes sense. He wrote that. It's a, it's a real meta situation. Oh, she's enthralled by me. Okay, I want to start, Allison. I got a couple, like, quizzes that I've written actually for you. Oh, okay. Um, So... This is going to be, I guess, a short answer question. Uh-huh. You have about, like, five minutes. Oh, wow. Is the cold opening an accurate look into the writing process? Wherein do you have a typewriter? I do, I do own a typewriter, but I do not use it to write on. Do you have posted reviews of, uh, I guess, mediocre reviews of your last books? No. Right in front of you, so you can stare at them. Because that's no, what I, he had. I don't. Do you, like, take out your own heart and just kind of look at it for a bit? I do. Yeah, I do do that. Okay, okay. So, like, you know what? Two out of three ain't bad, really. Yeah. So what we are saying is this is an accurate representation of being a writer. Did you mean the postcards on the walls? Those aren't reviews. Yeah. Where, what were they? Those are his story beats. His, excuse me? The story; those are those are his notes for writing the story, and um, they that actually is how they write the X Files, and that's why they put it in the episode. Wait, they they put like little cards, and they have like uh, what? Yeah, and that, lots of screenwriters actually do that. Oh, okay, but you're an okay, no, okay. Sure, that sounds normal. Screenwriters do it. They're in a room. They put it on a big board. This is a man who is sitting at a typewriter, not even a computer, a typewriter. And, like, the cards are, the beats are maybe, I don't know, three feet away. Does he have to, like, go up and look at them? Oh, he eats a lot of carrots. I always heard that's a myth 
for big government to get us to eat more carrots, so we turn orange. Yep, big big carrot. <laughs> big carrot's got the power. <laughs> um, like the thing about this scene that bothered me yeah. is that they really are just trying to make writing look like rocket surgery here, and it's this like romanticized view of writing being so difficult and so like oh it takes so much out of you that just like really ends up being kind of gatekeeping to. To people that might want to get into writing, but, you know, it's seen as such a, like, difficult thing that only white men can do. He struggled, Allison. He struggled all night. This was like a time-lapse thing where he's just like, oh, what do I write? Oh, I'm so stuck. Yeah, it just drove me a little bit nuts. Left a bad taste in my mouth. So what I hear from you is basically novel writing is you kind of just writing a little bit. You have your big bowl of cereal and and you're just writing like not a lot of it's going to make it into the novel, but you're writing. Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. You do a first draft, you just lay it all out and then you go back and make it nice. And you go back and you make it nice. 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 Now, this guy, he do something weird. Uh Uh-huh. He'd take uh, his own heart out of his chest. Why? Who knows? He reaches in and he punctures the uh, sack of emergency cranberry sauce that he keeps inside his shirt at all times. <laughs> and, he, and he gobbles it up. Oh, uh-huh. man, I wish I had one of those. Right? You would never be without. And then anytime someone... <coughs> anytime someone springs an impromptu Thanksgiving dinner on you, you're ready. You <laughs> Who got the cranberry sauce? I do. I got you covered, man. I gotta tell you, the one thing I miss about... So, I don't do Thanksgiving anymore because, you know, it's shitty. Uh But I do miss the sandwiches after Thanksgiving. Totally. Well, you know, I get those at Christmas, so I'm like, I'm fine to let Thanksgiving go. Nobody needed it. No one needed it. It's that... It's like you're recreating a murder scene of the dinner you had last night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're using bread as a vehicle to put that, like, fucking massacre back in your stomach again. Oh, yeah. Just chop and screw it, really. What's your post-Christmas, like, what do you put on that sandwich? Oh, I get some mayo. Yeah. I get the turkey, you know. I prefer the, the white meat, but I'll take the dark meat. Uh, cranberry sauce, gotta have it. And then just some yeah. salt and pepper. I like to go simple. Oh, no stuffing? No. I eat it on the side. Uh, you know, Allison, I just like to dag with that shit. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I got to get a hefty piece. You know, you got to go with the rye bread because rye bread is like the structural being of all the bread. <laughs> and you get every single thing you have had on your cr- plate the night before you put in that sandwich. You just, you want it all. You put the Brussels sprouts in there? I, I cut up the Brussels sprouts. I chop it up. That's my lettuce. Hello. Thank you. Oh. You put you put the, the stuffing in the middle as your, like, tertiary part, like, bread situation. It's a flavor saver. What is it? The flavor oh, saver. It on, on Friends? Sorry? The, the moist maker. That was it. The, <laughs> yes, the moist maker. Now, sometimes in families, because you have a big family for Christmas or for thanksgiving or for whatever other holiday you have two proteins you mm-hmm. have to put both of them in the sandwich but they cannot touch <laughs> no if they touch it's gay 
Then you have a gay Christmas sandwich, and that's not what Jesus wants. No, he didn't want that at all. He didn't want those meats to touch. <laughs> or is it? Mm. <laughs> is is now the, the Christmas meats. Can we talk about Christmas meats? I would love to talk with you about Christmas meat. What is, like, the standard North American Christmas meat situation like? I feel like it's turkey. Can I say ham? Is ham a good option? Can I tell you, I went home for Thanksgiving um, yeah. this year so that my mom didn't post a sad poem on Facebook. And <laughs> wait, what? Uh, I want you to finish that story. And then I want to talk about the sad poem, please. Okay. Uh, and we actually had ham for Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. I think that's a good option. Yeah. But uh, turkey, for me, turkey is always a Christmas food. <laughs> do you want to hear about the poem? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, my, my mother, uh, one year on Thanksgiving, um, when none of us were coming home for the holiday, posted a sad poem on Facebook. Oh my God. That made us all feel very bad. Uh, and now threatens to do that each year if we don't come home. (laughs) Literally sent out a family text that said, are you coming home for Christmas this year? Or do I need to post another sad poem? (laughs) That's like, this is... When people talk about the war on Christmas, hey, moms, <laughs> that's the war on Christmas. That is the war on Christmas. Jesus. It is the war on me spending my Christmas how I'd like to. Oh, boy. You know, Jesus really fucked us, hey? Yeah, I'll say. This, like, obligation, this this Christmas obligation is so fucking stressful. I don't even believe in the motherfucker. No, why did we get roped into this? We're gay. I mean, look, I believe that he existed as a historical figure. How, who did it, though? Really? Yeah, like, who didn't? Merlin definitely did. <laughs> okay, I have another quiz question for you, because this is a podcast not about Christmas, but it is about the X-Files, so we gotta talk about the X-Files for every five minutes we talk about Christmas. Okay. Okay. Uh, when you first saw Skelly meeting the creepy author, um, there are two options that Skelly has to go through in this scenario. Mm -hmm. And I asked myself this, is Skelly going to A, get kidnapped, or B, fall in love with another murderer, or C, all of the above? Oh, you know it's all of the above. (laughs) I uh, I kind of felt that it was going to go the B range, the B plot sort of range. Yeah. What is it with Scully, like, being intrigued with shitty men? Oh, it's because she's written by shitty men? Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> if I write a woman who likes shitty men, then I have a chance in the real world. Uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. Jeez. So, I, yeah. No, you go ahead. The next thing that's happening is, is Scully's kind of distracted with this weird neighbor that Mulder suddenly has. And Mulder's talking about psychic surgery. Mm-hmm. Do you know what psychic surgery actually is? No, I don't. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So Mulder was talking about, like, how people go to those churches and they, um, the ministers pretend to, like reach into a person's body and they take out like a chicken liver and say your tumor has gone Mm -hmm. um but that's not psychic surgery that's faith healing a type of faith healing psychic surgery is when you're on super super big drugs 
uh, they call like plant medicine or ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and they believe that the drugs will heal your body psychically. Oh. Okay, so it's not like another person. Psychic surgery isn't something like another person is doing to you. No, it's like no, a one-person so. affair. The one I know, so the one I know is like the ayahuasca example is like the plant medicine is smart and it's going to cleanse your body of all problems because it know it, it's going to rebuild your DNA sort of interesting, thing. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It's real whack. Ayahuasca is a real whack zone, man. Yeah, for sure. Did you know I was on the San Juan Islands and there's just these old white people in the general store talking about how they're going to do ayahuasca that night? I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Get it, old people. Right? You're going to go over, share a nice cheese plate and some Merlot and just fucking barf all night because you're high on ayahuasca. Yeah. Drop some lewds while you're at it. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Let's talk about how we fucking hate Kevin. Okay. Do you know oh, who yeah. Kevin is? I know. This this Nick Jonas looking motherfucker. Oh my god. Explain what's happening. Uh, okay. So uh, Kevin is a Nick Jonas looking motherfucker. And he is yeah. in a car with uh, his uh, GF at yeah. Lover's Lane. And she's like, Lover's Kevin, Lane. no. I told you. I didn't want to have sexual intercourse with you. And he's like, but baby, there's a console between us. I can't even get my dick over there. And she's like, oh, Kevin. And then he says, well, I told you I loved you. And she's like, oh, Kevin. And then they kiss. And she's like, no, stop it. Your tongue is like a small penis in your mouth. <laughs> oh, it is, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The tongue is just a small penis. It's just a small penis. And it's in your Ooh. mouth. And you just you just use it on, you know, different, sometimes different parts, sometimes the same parts. You just suck on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're basically, we're all just sucking dick 24-7. Well, I, you, oh, it's in there all the time. I totally forgot about my own dick. In oh, my yeah. Mouth. Your own mouth dick, yeah. Is it weird that, like, we decided that tongue, kissing with tongue is a thing that we as human beings want to do? And how did that, like, come about? <sighs> Who was the first person to slip someone some tongue and then have them be like, oh, this? I'm into this. <laughs> I, me likey. This I like. <laughs> and it's even even going forward in time, like, no one teaches you how to do it. No, people just do it. See, people just do it. And you know what? Sometimes it's not great. <laughs> so, some people do not have a talent for it. I'll say that. If you got a thick tongue and you just stick it in your partner's mouth, that's abrasive. You, yeah, yeah. some people just put it in there, just let it lay there. <laughs> it's not okay. That's what we call dead fishing. Yeah. not. Listen, it's be- not cool. Beach my tongue on your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just, teenagers, I mean, we were, we were all young, young and horny once. Yeah, of course. And, and just, I remember fucking deciding with my partners when I was, like, in high school, like, this is the best thing. But if I were to, like, exit my body and stand, like, three feet away for me, you know, making out with my boyfriend at the time in the fucking woods, because that's, I guess, where you made out in New Hampshire, it would have been the sloppiest, grossest thing I, I would ever conceive of. Oh, you would have thrown up in your mouth onto your mouth dick. <laughs> it's just... 
It's just, I don't think anyone's perfected it. No, no, I just, certainly haven't experienced a, a perfected form of that. No, me either, currently, and, and in the past. <laughs> Sometimes it's just too much. Yeah, it can be we a get, lot. We get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, now, I thought this episode was going to turn around for me. Oh, yeah? I'll, t- I'll tell you how. Okay. Because um, I almost want to do how it should have ended, like, right now. Actually. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah, you certainly can. Okay. So this is how it should have ended. The writer actually seems kind of creepy, but he's actually creating a living murderer who kills shitty boyfriends who pressure their girlfriends into sex. Yeah, that I would have loved. Right? Yeah, that would have been a really good episode. Because... What ends up happening is the first person that we see actually get, like, his heart torn out through his fucking chest is Kevin, the shitty boyfriend. Yeah. And I thought, oh, hello. This is okay. This perked me up a little bit. Unfortunately, that is not how it ended. No, it definitely is not how it ended. Um, let's see. So Mulder and Scully are back in Mulder's office. Yeah. Scully enters Mulder's office and she finds an envelope on the floor that is unmarked because this is the most secure building. Wait a minute. You're right. What? Yep. You know, this guy I- just came in, dropped this off and left and no one was, uh, no one had a problem with it. Okay. <laughs> FBI, you did real bad, buddy. You did a bad job. Gosh. Uh, and inside is a malagro, which means miracle in Spanish, and it's a sort of, like, Catholic necklace. Yeah, it's got a cool heart design on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Tom, it was a not Tom Hardy, a, a, a John Hardy, a, a, a Hardy Ed Hardy. Har- Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. It's got an Ed Hardy design right, right smack dab. You know, the whole sacred it. heart uh, pastiche is a little bit Ed Hardy, isn't it? It is. It's really bad, hey? <laughs> God, I remember back, way, way back, way back when, I'm walking around Las Vegas and I see Ed Hardy stuff for the first time, like, that's pretty cool. Oh, God, no. Oh, buddy. Oh, no. (laughs) Now, Allison, this is the point in the episode where we get just a real treat. Uh Uh-huh. You know what we're talking about Christmas before? This is a Christmas gift. Uh, we, you and me, get to hear the X-Files get written in real time. Yeah. There's <laughs> bad. There's, there's a shot of Scully looking at this fucking little charm, Ed Hardy charm, and the camera kind of pans around her, and it, we hear the author's voice kind of narrating this scene as if it was in his book, and it will be, and it was the worst it made it, me physically ill. Yeah, it was awful. It was like watching the the writer's puppet Scully in real time. Oh yeah. Mmm. Mmm. Now, not the next scene I have is at the church. Is that where yeah. we're going next? Okay. It is, and it's very bad there. T- tell me, hey, take me there. Uh, so we go to this very big Catholic church. Uh, yes. Where Skelly has come to look at this, you know, painting of the Sacred Heart so that she can understand his connection to this thing that she's received. And uh, who should show up there but this author guy? 
Um, mm. And he starts to talk to Skelly about, well, she says, you know, who are you and how, why are you here? Why are you following me? And he says, well, I know everything about you. And he starts to fucking Sherlock this shit. Talking uh-huh. about like, oh, well, you go for a run in the park at this time, at this day, for this reason. And I know this because I saw this and that and your calves are so sculpted. And this whole scene made me want to <laughs> peel off all of my skin like people do with an orange, you know, all in one strip. And just we- hang it from a tree so everybody knows my sorrow. Can we talk about Scully's muscular calves for one second? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm into it. I am too. Okay, number one, you don't get muscular calves from jogging. Please. <laughs> but the, the, the like, Buckwild thing is, he thought by telling Scully everything about her that he'd get into her pants and into her life. Because he even says, oh, um, I thought I would intrigue you by explaining something you already know. And he says, I have to admit to a secret attraction. And then he says, I'm taken with you. And Courtney, if anyone ever says, I'm taken with you as a way of expressing romantic and or sexual interest, run far fast in the opposite direction. Allison, can I tell you, in university... There was someone who told me that, and you know them, and I know them, and I did. I ran so, so far away. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I'm so (laughs) proud of you. I actually, um, he told me this on a a walk in in the campus one night, and he told me this, and he held my hand, and he leaned in for a kiss, and I was like, bye, and he ran into the dorm room. (laughs) Got a dip, see ya. Bye. That back then, we didn't have a lot of, like, cell phones, so you couldn't, like, go someone on a cell phone, but you could certainly go someone in real life. And that's what I did, by just closing the door and leaving. <laughs> and this is the person where I, uh, I, I ran into them again, because we're both living in Vancouver, because no one lives in Victoria for the rest of their lives. Uh, and they also are on the stage. And the first time I met them after, oh god, like, ten years eight years, whatever, uh, they looked at me deep in the eye and said, I'm so glad you're back in my life. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I ran, and I ran right off that stage. Anyone who says, I'm taken with you and gives uncomfortably intimate hugs is not someone you need to be around. No, uh-uh. Flush him right down the toilet. Down that toilet. Um, I do want to draw attention to another, this was all in this one scene. We had our first pa 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 pygmalion alert. Oh no! <laughs> it always seems like somehow in the X-Files, um, we are the snake swallowing its tail because once again, the X-Files has mentioned pygmalion. Just as if we could never escape. <laughs> Why 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 are they all horned up for this fucking Greek tragedy, Alice? I don't know. That's such a good question. Because I had to, I have to admit, I know this specifically from that one episode of King of the Hill. Yeah. Uh, but also I did some research and about its, its history, but like what is the tie? I don't understand. 
And, like, a lot of people are more familiar with My Fair Lady, too. So to go with Pygmalion is very, like, mm-hmm, I know about Greek myths. <laughs> well, so the original Greek myth is the guy falls in love with a statue, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, and then that translates into a sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's translated into Scully. Yeah, it's really, really pretty upsetting. And in The King of the Hill, it's actually just a pig. <laughs> yeah, that now The King of the Hill is a very good show. Um I just these are all unhealthy relationships like in terms of the power dynamic in all of these kind of references. So I don't understand why the X-Files this is not the first time X-Files has referenced this, nor will it be the last time. I just don't understand why this is a glowing example of a relationship that the X-Files wants to write into its stories. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Welp. Mm. So we get a lot of narrating about Scully. And can I say the prose that this man is writing is so obscenely purple. It is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> he uses the term aroused, but in the wrong manner. You know, sometimes simple is better. Sometimes simple just works. And you don't yeah. have to use every four letter, like t- $10 word that you know. You could just use simple words. <laughs> $10 word. Hey, Allison, what's um your favorite word to use for penis? Oh, shaft. <laughs> That's because you're a fucking professional, my dude. <laughs> and when people read it, I want them to feel like they're falling down a giant hole in the ground. Or mast. I've mast, pink mast. I've heard oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Mmm. just... Okay, when people are writing sex novels, sexual short stories, whenever they just play around with the genitalia names, I just can't. I can't do it. People get real wild with it, I'll tell you that. It's just, it feels like they're like, oh, I've used the word penis in the paragraph before. I can't use it again for another five pages, so I gotta get nuts with it. I'm gonna just start only using dingling. (laughs) She took his dingling right in his hands. <laughs> oh god, ding dong will be good. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thingy. It's not like a thingy. <laughs> she caressed like- his thingy. <laughs> you know, down there. <laughs> I like that. I like the thingy cuz that's kind of non-denominational genitalia, right? Yeah. You can you can leave it up to the readers to decide what is down there because really everyone's it's not got, anyone's it's not anyone's business. Everyone's got a thingy, and you don't need to know any more specifics than that. No, you know that when you touch thing a thingy, it it feels real good. Yeah, it feels good, and that's all that. And for some people, it doesn't feel good, and that's fine. And that's fine too. <laughs> you know what? 2019. Touch your thingy. But only if you want to. But only if you want to. <laughs> Can I propose that for our 2019? <laughs> I, yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Okay, okay. We're still, it's still, we're still a couple weeks away. So we have a will to make a, a decision. Um, <laughs> but that's going to be my nomination. 2019, touch your thingy. Do you remember what 2018 was? Um, get what? Lube your life. Lube your life. That, hey, I was close. I was close. Lube your life. Yeah, I can't wait till we see how we've lived our life when we do our retrospective episode. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Okay, 
Scully has fucked two murderers. But has she? Well, yeah. So she doesn't actually have sex with this guy, but he writes her having sex with him. Yeah. Um, And then she goes to, ostensibly to Mulder's apartment, but she stops and knocks on his door. And he opens the door and he's like, oh, you're here. Uh, Do you want to come in? And she does, which is wild. And then he starts talking about how, like, she's like, loneliness he says you're lonely and she says loneliness is a choice and that's when we realize that this dude is an incel yes oh my god yes and that's awful and then he like okay so here is what i find strange about this is you know that thing of when you go to a strange man's apartment and he tells you he's obsessed with you yeah and then he hands you a cup of coffee and you drink it and then you sit on his bed, you know? And then he tells you that there wasn't any room in your apartment's uh, complex, so I moved into this apartment complex. It's like, it's, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. Now, we're not victim blaming, but this is not, Scully is not an autonomous person. Well, here's really, the thing. Yeah. Like, it's there is a little bit of unclearness as to whether she's doing this because of her own agency or whether she's doing it as because he's writing it right but it doesn't matter either way because either she has no agency because he's controlling her with her writing or she has no agency because she's not like because these these cis men are fucking writing her and and controlling all her moves so either way it just doesn't make any sense Yeah, exactly. So, like, again, this is almost like a creepy image of, like, like you said, an incel image of, like, oh, I really like this girl, and if I tell her how much I love her, she's going to be intrigued with me. Yeah. And then we'll fuck. Like, And then I'll get to touch a boob. Then we'll touch some thingies. (laughs) I, oh. It just, it was gross it was gross yeah it was gross i hated it i didn't like it at all i didn't like it either but of course Mulder comes to her rescue oh yeah definitely because he's known actually what's going on the whole time yes uh as usual and then he arrests no go on go on he arrests the bad man and he he says the words naked pretzel just my least favorite kind of pretzel. Yep. Um, and then the the Van Dam works in the jail. Now Scully gets angry at Mulder because they're talking about how oh, you're making critical assumptions without evidence. Yeah, that's how all the episodes have been forever. That's like forever. That's it. That's what's happening. Yeah. That's the X-Files. They're trying to do, like, a thing where they switch places and Mulder is the Scully and Scully's the Mulder, but it's just, like, no matter what side Mulder's on, he's still a huge dick. And also, Scully, get off your fucking high horse, because no matter how much critical assumptions that Mulder has made, you've gone along with it. You've never put your foot in the sand and said, hey, Mulder, this isn't the fucking Mothman. You don't have any evidence. And Mulder's like, well, it's the fucking Mothman. And then it turns out to be the Mothman. Like, that's how the X-Files work. Yeah, because Mulder's always right. Scully is absolutely useless. 
And mm-hmm. and not because she, as a female character, is useless. It's because the writers have made her that way. Yeah. Uh, yep. Let's talk about the 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 murderer man. Okay, the murderer man. Um. So Scully and Mulder, uh, like the kind of the last thing that this guy says to him when they release, because they decide to release him from jail. Yes. Um, uh, so that they can track him and figure out how he is related to this guy that they think is actually doing the murders and how they're communicating to one another. As a um, twap. They're going to trap they're gonna, him. They're going to twap him. Um, and then he says, oh, you know, I thought you were in love with me, but I realized I was wrong because you're already in love with someone else. And uh, I just uh. wanted to point out that you can be in love with more than one person at a time. Also... Do we have to fucking shoehorn that there's unrequented love between Mulder and Skelly? Do we really have to I do really, this? I don't think that we do. We don't. Never. Ever. Ever. Um, so we go back to this guy's apartment and this manifestation of the character that he's created arrives and says to him something that I've been dying to hear on this show, but not in this context. <laughs> uh, which is... is- it- why did I'm, you create me? No, it's, I'm here to help you finish. <laughs> now, if you were to create a character and you had the whole, your whole imagination, why <laughs> would you craft a character with such a bad mustache? <laughs> you know, that is such a good question. <laughs> For such a good, prolific writer, why that mustache, my dude? Oh, God, I don't know. It clung to that man's upper lip as if it was scared of following off. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Uh, Now, okay, okay, so this is... I I stopped paying attention, but I'm going to cobble it together. This is what we're going to do. Okay, so... The fake murderer man is in the apartment and the author has his book and he's going to take it down to the furnace to to burn. Because if he burns it, then the murderer stops, right? Mm-hmm. And so Mulder is going to go find the murderer. Or no, Mulder is going to go find the author because he thinks he's behind all this because he made a critical assumption and is, uh, as always, correct. Meanwhile, yeah. Skelly's upstairs by herself. There's a murderer up there, but he is... Made out of paper? Like what? What's what is his deal? Uh, he doesn't. He's not real. He's, he's a, a manifestation sn- of the writer's mind. He's a snuffleupagus. Yeah, he's a snuffleupagus. Full snuff. <laughs> and so he sits right on Skelly's fucking chest and tries to heart fist her. He and reaches she- into a yeah. yonic hole in her abdomen. <laughs> the cranberry pocket. Yeah. <laughs> And she's trying to shoot him, but he's a snuffleupagus and cannot be shot. Exactly. And then the author burns the manuscript, and then the murderer disappears. And then what happens to the author at the end? He rips out his own heart. Uh Uh-huh. To sacrifice himself to save Scully. Oh, because if he dies, it's a vampire thing. So if he dies, then everything he's created dies. Yeah, so he... He gives up his oh. own chance at finding love so that she can have one, essentially. Oh. And then I just wept a little bit. Just for myself. 
<laughs> for having to experience this. Yeah. The worst. And the episode that ends <sighs> with Scully crying into Mulder's arms. Good thing Mulder was there. Boy, howdy. Big F this. Oh, uh, F this. Let's just rate this fucker and get it over with. I rate okay. on a spooky scale. One is I can have a good nap. And then five is I can't because it's really scary. This is like, God, I fucking point zero three. Like, I feel like it's scary as a feminine presenting person where there's actual people like this out in the world who think that women deserve or they deserve women's affection because they want affection sort of thing. Yeah. That's scary. That's very scary. Maybe I'll give it a three then. (laughs) (laughs) Because it reminded you of the real things that you were afraid of in your life. Yes. Men murdering me. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Every Uh, single fucking day. Sounds about right. Uh, What do do you rate? I rate on a rage scale. It goes from one, which means this is a great episode. Haven't had one of those in a while. And it goes all the way to my struggle part three. It's the worst episode we've watched to date. And this is going to get a 10.5. Wow. It almost took off my struggle point three. Yeah, almost. But, you know, Chris Carter impregnating Scully was with the smoking man's jizz. That still takes the cake. That's not, it ices the cake. It, it ices the cake with the smoky man's jizz. Mm. So that's that. Okay, Allison, I want to listen to a podcast not about the X-Files. Do you have any recommendations for me? Oh, God, yes. Okay, you know what? Try this one. Oh, that cleansed my palate. Mm. Thank you. Oh. I need some more palate cleansing, Allison, and I still do want to talk about dongles and doodads and thingies. Do you uh, have a personal X-File for us? Yes, I do. And it's gonna be good. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. Good. Uh, So every year... There is an award for books called the Bad Sex Awards, um, where the absolute worst writing about sex is nominated, and uh, someone takes the crown. And I want to read for you from Vulture the nine worst phrases that have been nominated uh, for this year's shortlist. Oh my god, nine? I don't know if I can take nine. Oh, you're gonna take nine. (laughs) Okay, I consent. Okay, so number one, this is from Katerina by James Frey. Wait, 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 wait. Is this like the number one best worst one? Um, I don't think it's counting down or up. Okay, it's just a smattering. It's a smattering. Okay, Um, give it to me. Okay. Blinding, breathless, shaking, overwhelming, exploding, white, God, I come inside her, my cock throbbing, we're both moaning, <laughs> eyes, hearts, okay. souls, okay, bodies, out. one. Allison, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. I don't want to do this. You don't want to do this? <laughs> but I have so many good ones. Oh, no. Oh, God. That one was... I had a visceral fucking... <laughs> James okay. James Frey is all-time, my friend. All-time bad. Oh, Jesus. 
Woo. Okay. I, I think I can handle... Do you have, like, three favorites? Yeah. That I'm was gonna... not... That's not my favorite. Let's just say that one. That was not my favorite. And I'm glad you're not in the bed next to me reading. Yeah, <laughs> me I too. Very uncomfortable. Oh, God. Courtney, I'm going to read you like five because they're really good. You're oh. just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> okay, but like, okay. Just let's get let's... through the next one and we'll see how you feel. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this is okay. from Kismet by Luke Tredgett. Yeah. They stay in this position for a long time. Anna sucking and slurping with the same lazy persistence you'd use on a gobstopper or a stick of rock. <laughs> what? Wait, a gobstopper or a what? A stick of rock. I think it means like a stick of rock candy. <laughs> stick of- no, man. It's just like I like to suck on some rocks, though. <laughs> There's a lot of things wrong with that phrase, and the, I the number one is they stayed in that position for a while. Are they just like hanging out? Sucking oh yeah, tea? I think oh that's the God. case. Casually, just <laughs> casually, she suck. Yeah, casual, casual suck. Okay, that one's pretty good because it does remind me about jawbreakers existing. So I'm okay with that. Uh, okay, so the next one that I'd like to read you is from Scoundrels, The Hunt for Hands Clap by Major Victor Cornwall and Major Arthur St. John Trevelyan. What? Okay. Now, I don't even want to hear the fucking quote until we talk about these names. Major. They are two majors, ostensibly. <laughs> and Like, from the armed forces. And they are majorly confused about how thingies work. <laughs> They spent a long time out in the trenches, and they came back from World War One. Fucking they do not ding understand. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Let's hear it. Her vaginal ratchet moved in concertina-like oh, waves, no. slowly oh, no. chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. Oh no! Oh no! unhinged her jaw and fucking swallowed my ding dong like a snake swallows a dead rat yeah it's a lot now the last one i'm gonna read you is from the same book hold on sorry allison they used the word ratchet (laughs) yep yeah they sure did ratchet it's it's not how anything works i'll tell you that Mm. I will say that this pair of writers are extremely yeah. confused about what a vagina is and does. Oh, God. Can we Based on the their pod- next quote. Now, wait. Before you finish me, um, or before I finish personally, can I recommend My Dad Wrote a Porno? You absolutely have, can. Have you Have you heard that podcast? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. It's, it's, it's just like this. It's exactly like this. Well, someone's dad wrote a porno and the the person found it and is reading it piece by piece on the podcast oh my god courtney i just realized that 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 line that i just read you is the middle line in a trio of incredible lines can i read you the whole passage 
do I have to hear the vaginal ratcheting again? Uh, yes, I am going to say it again. Okay, but that's it. Then I'm done. Then, then I'm we're done. Out. Then we're okay. done. Okay, give it to me. Come on. <clears throat> Empty my tanks, I begged breathlessly. As once more she began drawing me deep inside her pleasure cave. Her vaginal ratchet moved in concertina-like waves, slowly chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. Soon I was locked in, balls deep, ready to be ground down by the enameled pepper mill within her. What? What? Wait, what? No! (laughs) What are they talking about? Enamel pepper mill? So if there's one thing that you are going to take away about vaginas from this, it is that they are A, pleasure caves, B, (laughs) boa constrictors, and C, pepper mills. And there's an enamel element to them. Yeah, they are in They're not just any pepper mills. You don't get these from Target. (laughs) They're made out of teeth. (laughs) Allison, I feel so many things right now. You're welcome. I think... I... (laughs) I don't think those two majors are real majors. I know. I'm going to look them up and I'm going to be like, oh, they're majorly bad at this. Because I just got, I, hey, Allison, I just honorably discharged right on my bed. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm never going to have sex again. So, <laughs> Allison... If the Space Cadets wants to send us their favorite hort up uh, phrases from books that they've read, uh, where can they do that? Oh, they can email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's double spelt out, D-O-U-B-L-E. Uh, they can message us on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook at Double X Files and on Tumblr at fuck yeah, Double X Files. And we just love to hear, you know, whatever hort phrases you're into. Yeah. How's your enamel pepper mill doing down there? Is it, does it involve a wolf? Is there a wolf involved? <laughs> oh, uh, Spacey, that's Allison sent us a brand new erotic novel. Um, not by them personally. I mean, I wish. But it is one featuring a penguin shifter. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> I don't even know how that works. There's a cloaca involved and everyone's very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yes, True. Jeez Louise, do they French with the beak? That's the question you asked me, right? Yeah, and I'd still want to know. Do you wrap your mouth, your human mouth, around their beak and suck? (laughs) (laughs) I think we need to do some predictions. Yeah, I agree. Is it your turn or my turn? It's your turn. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything can happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Okay. What so this did, is... what points did you get? Did you get I points? don't think I got any. Okay. <laughs> but hey, I think as a whole we just got some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now. Okay. <laughs> So we're two and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Okay, give it to me then. Uh, Season six, episode 18, The Unnatural. Oh, I think I know this one. But I don't really know. Well, The Natural is a baseball movie. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
So I'm going to say The Unnatural is a ghost baseball movie. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Wait, wait, wait. Field of Dreams. Only the X-Files. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. I yeah. love it. Wait, I'm mixing up Field of Dreams and Angels in the Outfield. Which one had Christopher Lloyd? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say both of them. Okay. It's okay. their sequels. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm gonna say it is, like, uh, Kevin Costner's there, but also Ray Liotta, and, um, actually, no, let's say it's, like, it's, like, fucking Field of Dreams, where a Ray Liotta-type character is a fucking ghost, and, uh, they used to play baseball, and Mulder, oh, Mulder doesn't like baseball, he likes basketball, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mulder is trying to solve the mystery of why this fucking baseball diamond is haunted. <laughs> yes, please. It's so stupid. <laughs> if Ray Liotta is actually in this episode, can I have all the points, please? Yeah, you you will win. Okay, because we will all win because Ray Liotta would be in this episode. Uh So what's the breakdown for this one? Half a point for a haunted baseball diamond? Um, I'd say baseball ghost. Okay, and then what's the other half point? Well, do we do we want to just do like ghost is one point, and then then baseball is the other? Haunted baseball diamond is the other one. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds good. Okay, okay. Give me some low ball some points. Yeah. Okay, Allison, I'm going to tap out of this one real hard. Are we Fair. done? We we're good? done. We're done. We did all the homework. We're good. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus, Lord, take me now. I'm going to go pleasure my fucking pepper mill down there. God, gross. Okay, until next time, the truth, the truth is, is out, out there. there. I can't recover, Allison. No. This is why they're all just thingies now. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.